This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. How glorious of a week it is. Hamilton is out on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's Have, right. Did you see a Hamilton Live? I haven't yet, no. You know that shit's fucking expensive? What? Hamilton, like, live. It's expensive to, 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 watch. Make, to watch it? To watch. It's fucking expensive. Wait, it's not included in the Disney Plus thing? No, I'm talking about a live Oh, like yeah. in real life. Yeah, not on not on Disney. Yeah, Plus, I was dude. about to say. I'm like, you got to pay extra for that. Shit? No, uh, Disney. When so I watched Hamilton live yeah. in New York on Broadway. On Broadway. Yeah, because uh, I was in New York for a thriller shoot with Tim. Right. And right. then we were going to spend Valentine's Day together without our lady, so That's we went to go watch Hamilton instead. <laughs> That's so, hot. Yeah, so me, so me and Tim, we went to go watch Hamilton, and then uh, yeah, I didn't know what to expect out of it because I just so Tim actually put me on to Book of Mormon, and so yeah. Um, the Book of Mormon, Book of Mormon was amazing, by the way. Was it? Uh, it's super fucking it, funny. It was the South Park guys that did it, right? Yeah, the South Park guys. Yeah. And they kind of have like the comedic twist of, you know, the, the, the Mormon religion. Yeah. And they kind of tell it through song and dance. And it's really fucking funny. Right. It's probably one of the, like, I was tearing up laughing. Like, I was as if I was at a stand-up comedy show. Damn. That's how fucking funny it is. Wait, you saw the, the live action, like, in real life version yeah, of that? Yeah, and I saw that in uh, New York, too. Oh, wow. Because I was in New York a lot. Because, yeah, that's right. Because right. of all the food yeah, stuff yeah. that I was doing. I remember that. Yeah. And then uh, when we watched Hamilton, Hamilton is one of those things, like, if you guys haven't seen it uh, on Disney+, Plus, um, you guys should. It's, it's not the same, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But just... I remember just watching it, just cracking up, and then also crying towards the end. And I didn't really? expect—I didn't expect to like tear up from the from the play because I'm yeah. not a big musical guy. Well, is this rooted in um like obviously Alexander Hamilton? That's his name, right? Yeah, it's rooted in a real story, right? It's not. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of creative freedom in it. Yeah, yeah. And then um, it's not so accurately told. Like for Got example, it. Alexander Hamilton. Um, you know, they, I think they only told in, in the play they only talk about his one son, his nine year old son. Okay. Well, obviously, he he was. He grew up. He was like nineteen year old, nineteen years old later, right? And that's when he died. Yeah. But he had a total of like I forgot. I don't. I mean, don't quote me on this, yeah. but I think he had a total of like seven or eight kids, oh. and a lot of them weren't with his wife. So he cheated on his wife with multiple people. Oh shit! I okay. think I read too. He actually, uh, he had like a half black, half white kid too. I think he he yeah he had a an affair with a, a freed black woman. Oh god! As well. So he, okay. <laughs> he a was, lot of a lot of history. <laughs> he was fucking promiscuous as fuck. Yeah. And so. um they uh they they obviously had their own creative freedom with it, but yeah. I think I read recently two people have been asking for people to cancel Hamilton. The the, the really the play. what because of the like his historic um kind of role and well because of the whole BLM thing obviously yeah, right? yeah, yeah. you know right, um, right. black rights is a huge topic right now for sure and so uh, Alexander Hamilton though he didn't own slaves himself mm -hmm. apparently he was involved in the slave trade so oh, I believe his wife's okay. family yeah and. I, 
um, sold slaves or traded slaves, and he did the accounting for it or something like that. Oh, okay. Uh, don't quote me on that. So but he was, was involved in that mechanism. So somehow. he was involved in the slave trade thing. Yeah. And I think, like you know, when you when you listen to when you watch Hamilton too, like yeah. even in one of the raps, he 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 kind of like disses other people in there because he didn't he doesn't own slaves. Oh, I see. Um, so yeah, they're they're asking for Hamilton to be canceled because he was involved in the slave trade, yeah, right. which is so interesting because I don't know how how I feel about that. Hmm. Uh, well, you know. Because people on Twitter and also social media have been getting really, they've been getting really riled up about this this country's history, and yeah. it's been like this for a while. Yeah, um, I don't know what the, I guess like if I were to ask somebody, because people know I'm like deep into BLM too, mm-hmm. but I want to know what the objective is mm. when you when you are not so much scrutinizing the history because history is history for a reason. It yeah, happened for sure. You're not going to change it, right, right? Because you're upset about it now. You're not going to change the fact that this happened, yeah. that this country was founded on these things, right? right? Right. I understand when you walk around and you see these monuments that represent slavery and the ter- terrible things that are done, yeah. And you don't want to see it, yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like objectively, I'm. This is not my opinion. I'm just kind of asking. It's mm-hmm. when you ask for the 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 show. The, the Broadway show Hamilton to be canceled that mm-hmm. was created by Lynn Manuel right. that's almost a, exclusively an all black cast. Yeah. What are you what is the objective? You know? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I think one thing it's it's important to obviously not forget about history, right? Like what has happened. And mm-hmm. me as a foreigner, it's it's something I'm still like catching up on, like American history. Like I never learned that shit and yeah growing up um in Europe. But on the other hand, it's it's hard to really I guess make amendments for the past by constantly, you know, barraging it, right. Or bringing it up. I think what's more important is how, what can you learn from it and how can you move forward based on where we're at right now? You know? And then, yeah. And I'm just kind of curious too. just, I mean, this is, this might be being, you know, kind of scrutinizing it a little bit. Yeah. It's, you know, people are protesting to, you know, for the whole like, oh, don't call Aunt Jemima, you know, yeah. all this other stuff, you right, know, right. which is fine. Yeah. But what about the policies? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we need change in policy totally, first. Totally. 100%. So you got to realize too, that's just, that's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. You know, what you guys are asking for in terms of change, yeah. you guys are asking for the monuments to be torn down or whatever. Yeah. To be honest with you, I don't think that really does shit. That's yeah. really important to stuff that I want changed now. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people are like, well, it's better than nothing. And I, I completely disagree with that. Yeah. Something is not always better than nothing. For sure. You guys have to realize that, yeah, people will give you the these small things that you want just yeah. to appease you for now. So right. they don't have to deal with bigger issues. Right. Right. So, you know, when we talk about defund the police and we're talking about police reform yeah and then there's this other agenda where they go well let's cancel hamilton because he owns slaves yeah in my personal opinion i don't give a fuck about that right. not right now anyways yeah. if you guys want to tackle that later that's perfectly fine right, right. we have bigger issues right now where yeah. you know young black men and young black women are fucking dying right now yeah and it's not because of these monuments that are erected up that was done like yeah. from 300 or 400 years in our yeah. history right now right i think seeing that is something that's troublesome it's a it's it 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 bothers people because now they're finding out about what these people did and you have to see it however let's 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 kind of shift and tackle what's important right now yeah the more the foundational issues right the systemic issues and i totally agree and you actually brought up a good point like i i went down to some of these protests um when they were in the heat like when they're happening um at a high frequency i mean and they still happen now Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's kind of like lost a little bit of its steam. Yeah. Uh, at least in real life, I know people are still very active online and stuff like that. But one thing that I did hear a lot at those protests were defund the police, right? Like the whole concept of just taking funds away or resources away from um, the police um, 
foundation or whatever, yeah. maybe like whatever budgets they have available. My bigger thing is like, I rather than just like taking money away, wouldn't it be more or better to figure out like how they're spending the money that they do have right now? Like is 90% of their budgets going towards gear? Like, you know, how police are getting more militarized and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Wouldn't it be better to route some of that money to more of a training or something like that instead? So I don't think the, for me, it's hard to align with the whole defunding part and more so like, how can we keep them better accountable for how they're spending the funds that they're actually getting? Yeah. We, we had know? a conversation with a, with a couple of friends of mine on this podcast about that. And we, yeah. we, you know, I've, I've discussed it with, uh, with quite a few people, even yeah. some former cops and stuff, obviously. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to get a cop on here that's currently, you know, enlisted in the yeah. police force, but right. they don't want to come on. And obviously it's a <laughs> yeah. PR thing. So I, right, I completely for sure. understand. For sure. But um, there's a lot of situations that cops are put into that I don't think should be in the scope of their job. Mm. Like, for example, um, like we talked about uh, cops de-escalating situations with people who are, for example, on the spectrum. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, I don't think that they are number one, emotionally prepared for that. And number yeah. two, they're not just prepared for that situation in general. Right. There's like social workers who have to, who deal with like, like emotionally and mentally erratic people yeah. and they don't have weapons and they don't have guns right. and they can deescalate these situations really well. Right. Right. So these cops are also put into those situations and expected to know yeah. how to handle these things. Yeah. They're not given mental assessments. They're not done. There's a lot of stuff that they have to do that's within the scope of their work. Yeah. And I think they could split it to other people. Right. So to what you were saying, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it, can that money be allocated somewhere else where it's not just cops going to these scenes? Like for example, right. like, you know, when bad things happen, um, let's say somebody's like emotionally erratic yeah. and they'll call the cops on this person to, right. to get them to calm down. Like, should a cop be in that situation? Right. Exactly. Probably fucking not. Nah, you right. should probably send somebody else in there, yeah, like exactly. a social worker or something. Like, I, I don't know what that job title pertains to or yeah. who you can send in, right. but I don't think a cop is the appropriate person to go in there. Yeah, and if it sure. is, and that's the scope of their job, they're not handling it very well at all. Right, right. So, yeah, there's... The, like rhetoric is very important too. I think like defunding the police was a very yeah. terrible title. To- <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I, I get the spirit behind that, right? But I just think, like you said, it's maybe not the right way to word it necessarily. Yeah. So like re- maybe retrain and reallocate. Yeah, reallocate would yeah. be, yeah, would, would, sure. would be better. I think because when I was watching a lot of these articles, I remember I saw this one video where – I forgot what city it was and people could probably tell me in the comments, but it was a cop or it was like the chief of police yeah. representing uh, his policeman. And you see his policeman standing behind him like yeah. a bunch of fucking four-year-olds. Was it the, uh, was it the um, police union guy? I think so. Right. And he goes, yeah. these cops yeah. back here, yeah. they're fighting yeah. and you're hurting their feelings. Right. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> and they, they, it literally looked like somebody's Karen ass looking mom yeah. defending them at fucking elementary school, telling right. them not to bully their kids. Right, it's right. like, bro, shut the fuck fuck yeah up, dude, dude. I mean, like that that was a bad pr move it just doesn't look right they had their hands you know crossed yeah in front of them and they're sitting there with their heads down yeah. it's like bro and, and they were all to... of one persuasion too right yeah in the back you know so it's it's weird man just watching how things are kind of going down in this country and i think for you especially oh if you guys don't know like z is 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 um not from here <laughs> yeah right i'm um i'm european actually swedish but um, yeah I'm sure you guys can tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so me just, I mean, I've been here for a good minute, right? Um, and still finding myself learning about just a lot of the history. And because, uh, you know, you can get a surface level understanding based on, you know, the internet and things that just kind of come by you um, on a day-to-day basis. But really diving into a lot of the history of this country and the traditions, like, for instance, the whole like redlining thing, mm-hmm. Um 
you know, when they used to zone in the Jim Crow era, yeah, when uh, colored people or minorities weren't able to buy property in certain areas, and that how that has affected like the the whole community's like wealth in general mm-hmm. as it passes down generations. Because a lot of times, you know, we see a lot of uh, wealthy people and we just assume that oh. They made it, right? But mm-hmm. a lot of times they've had like a, a solid foundation to build upon. Yeah. Right? And and in most instances, it's based on like what? Businesses being inherited or passed down. Yeah. Or property, real estate. Like mm-hmm. really, that if you look at the most wealthy people aside from Jeff Bezos, yeah, uh, what do they have in common? They work in real estate mm-hmm. or insurance. Yeah. Like that, those are the, well, in my opinion, from what I've seen, seem to be the two behemoths of of sectors. Yeah, but even those stories too are are kind of exaggerated. So people like, for example, like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, right? They they kind of take their stories and they say, you know, Jeff Bezos is a guy that from his small little garage over here in whatever right um he he built his empire through hard work and zero dollars but yeah. in reality that wasn't the case right. i i forgot i mean i read this a long time ago yeah. but i think he got money from his parents it was like a it was a pretty huge sum right i think from his parents like actually helped him out and get his foot through the door even with bill gates like yeah. bill gates had a had a huge help from his mom i believe i think she had connections with ibm yeah so you know, when, when people talk about these like success stories too, you can't just take it for what you've heard. You have to yeah. really see what actually happened. Yeah. So totally. Bill Gates' mom had a connection to IBM and kind of set up his future. It, it there was it wasn't just Bill Gates created this genius idea and somebody yeah. was like, Hey, by the way, I like that. Here's a bunch of money. Yeah. He was connected through wealth. Yeah. Jeff Bezos was connected through wealth. Oh yeah. You know, it wasn't like they were they were from like some third world country. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, for sure. They're not refugees from fucking Vietnam or Thailand right. or some shit like that. Yeah. Or, or like refugee Chinese people. That have bootstrapped themselves up or something, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's not that same story. Yeah. And then people don't want to uh kind of recognize that and they go, yeah. well they did it this way. It's right. like, but you didn't hear the whole thing. And even when you tell people this, they they, yeah. they tend to ignore it. Right. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it's not like there's anything wrong with that, yeah, right? I absolutely mean, it's, not. it's great and, and good for them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think we don't realize as well, like, you know, the peace of mind that they have going into being entrepreneurial mm-hmm. or trying to do something. Like, they don't have the same types of stresses that, you know, people who may, may have just come here might have, like, yeah. surviving. Like, that might not even be a concept that is very familiar with them because they have a solid foundation. Yeah. Like they have a household that has the ability to maybe support them financially Mm -hmm. or had an upbringing where they've been allowed or given the, the luxury of being entrepreneurial and and not thinking about, okay, how can I get money to support my family? Yeah. And you know, one of the arguments that I, that I consistently hear online for people who aren't for, um, who just kind of don't understand a lot of the plight of people, like, for example, like the black community, right? right? right. Uh, One of the biggest things that I always hear is that this podcast is brought to you by Skillshare. Are you that type of person that wants to start or explore a passion, but you think you don't have the time or maybe you just don't know where to start? That's where Skillshare comes in, my friend. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes to help you explore new skills and learn things on your own time and schedule. You are just like me. You can't tell me when to learn, son. There are so many things that I want to do and learn and Skillshare has 
has so many online classes that I can choose from that I love. The classes are endless. And if you're someone like me that loves learning shit and doing it on our own time, what are you waiting for? Right now, I'm going through a course called Filmmaking from Home. And the tips that I've gotten from this course, I use in my videos today. That's right. I still use them now. Explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash brain. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash brain. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com slash brain. At a certain point, they said you have to be personally responsible and just kind of like pick yourselves up by your bootstraps or yeah. whatever, right? Which I I understand. There's there is a high level of personal responsibility when it comes to getting yourself out of a out of a socioeconomic area that you want to yeah. you know you want to climb that socioeconomic ladder. Right. Right. But you also have to recognize the stuff that was done to a certain community to keep him down that way. Yeah. Right. For sure. So because it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. And so we talk about these rules that happen. They say, well there's these laws that kind of prevented um from they, there was these laws that were created to give them a leg up, right? Yeah. Whether it's affirmative action, whether whether there was certain things that were out that were uh, banned for people not to do or whatever. Right. Just because these laws are put in place doesn't mean these people follow these rules. Yeah. It's 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 such a dumb concept. Like anybody can agree to this. Like anybody understands. Like for example, we were told not to, to wear masks wherever we go. Yep. It was told by our government. Did people follow those rules? Something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So you talk about a country that was based on racism, mm-hmm. right? Or just just a group of people in this country that maintained a a huge sum of the power, and on top of that, looked at these people as if they were less than right. for a majority of their lives, and then overnight they go, okay, well, from now on, now they're your equals. Yeah, like everybody was on board with that shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it right. doesn't it doesn't work that way. You right. guys can't even wear a mask when you go outside when you're yeah. told to do so. What makes you think that this this was any easier? Yeah, and there's like a ripple effect that happens. Yeah, and I think like because people don't want to recognize it, I think that's probably the bigger issue why people get upset and pissed off. Mm-hmm. So I do understand that you we do have a certain level of personal responsibility, but with that personal responsibility, people do have to recognize that you are in a position because you were set up to succeed. Yeah, and some people in this country weren't. Yeah. Totally. And, and if when you kind of get that, then, then you have like room for empathy and understanding. Yeah. That's where the whole systemic thing comes in. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, it's a it's a term that we hear a lot, like systemic um, racism or systemic um, institutional issues, mm-hmm. right, that are holding a certain group of people behind. But sometimes it's like it's just a word and it requires us as individuals and as like citizens of the world to really just dig into what that really means. Yeah. You know, like it, it really took me, like I watched a few videos online and read into it and found out about this whole redlining thing. Like, like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, certain black folks back in the day weren't able to borrow money to buy property mm-hmm. to then generate wealth for their subsequent generations. Yeah. Whereas the, the, you know, people in the white community had a much easier time to borrow money get property and then pass that down and then there and you was really interesting if you if you have uh i I saw this uh, hbo thing but it was basically this 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 uk stand-up comic right yeah and he goes around and he interviews and he gets to understand the life of people who don't like his skin color or whether it's like hardcore like white nationalists yeah whether or or it's just like the kkk here and he even i think he even like stayed and interviewed um um they're called black supremacists so oh, they okay. are the 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 opposite of white supremacists, yeah. and they believe, you know, yeah. Um, and it was w- really weird watching it because 
not obviously like watching it didn't make me agree with the KKK, right. but it gave them a perspective of what they're thinking in their head. Yeah. So uh, when he went to go interview this this couple, and he actually stayed with them, shared a meal with them, and they mm-hmm. were very polite and very cordial to him, which kind of threw me off. Right. And in between um, watching him go there and have a conversation with them and share a meal, yeah. he's also doing a little stand-up set in between about what he experienced. Right. So uh, yeah, he was sitting down and he had a conversation with uh, the wife of the guy and they have a young child. They have two kids, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, he was asking her basically, you know, what's her fear of of black people? Mm-hmm. Like, what where does her fear come from? She goes, yeah. well, she goes, she sees that her culture is disappearing, and she wants to make sure that her her kid grows up in a world that's safe and there's white people for people that, for for them to see. Yeah. And so it was odd listening to that because it's like that's so funny because you have this very, in my personal opinion, a very irrational fear of yep. your power being stripped away. Right. Or you're not going to see, you're you're afraid that white people are disappearing in this country, even though the percentage is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But it's like, um, I think it's like 15% of this country is like made of black Americans. Mm-hmm. So it's, the, the percentage is ridiculous. Yeah, vast majority are still well, European still white, It's still European yeah. white ancestry, right? Yeah. And yeah. so they see that disappearing and they see, you know, everybody who's other as a threat. So it's funny because- that's how we view you, but you guys are in the majority. Mm-hmm. So there's there's this weird disconnect that's happening in this country. When I heard that shit, I was kind of surprised. Yeah. And then he went to, over to Europe, or I'm sorry, Europe. I think it was like Russia or Moscow. Yeah. And there was a bunch of white nationalists there. Yeah. And you want to hear the funniest thing the or the oddest thing. There was a guy that was talking to him and he was trying to convince the the host, yeah. the, the, the black dude, yeah. that he should be racist. He was like... He, he didn't understand why him as a black man isn't racist. He goes, why aren't you racist? He goes, what do you mean? Yeah. He goes, you should be racist. He goes, I'm okay as a white nationalist. I'm okay with you coming to my country and doing whatever. Right. But after you're done, leave. Get out of here. You shouldn't be here. Hmm. And he looked at him. He goes, why aren't you racist? He goes, if I was in your country and I wanted to stay, you mm-hmm. should tell me to get the fuck out. Like, I shouldn't be there. <laughs> That's interesting. What a weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it kind of like made me pause. It was like. What the fuck? Like I, you know, because in my mind, I had this blanket idea of what a white nationalist is. It was yeah. like, I fucking hate black people. I hate Asian people. I hate yeah. anybody who looks different than me. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case. I think white nationalists, not that I say I agree with them. Right. I don't. But I'm saying just from that, I gain a perspective of they are just intolerant to people who are other mm. if they kind of disrupt their personal way of life. Mm-hmm. If they don't see the same people that look like them that live here, yeah. like they're okay if you want, if you're curious about their culture, you want to come here. Yeah. But if you want to live here, set up structure and have a say in what they do, they want you the fuck out. Yeah. So maybe, maybe separate those two terms like white nationalists, nationalists being what they are. White just happens to be what they yeah. look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was trying to say like, you should be racist. That's he was like, it's a good thing. You should be racist. Yeah. You should be. And I think what he was trying to say is that you should be prideful of your own culture and mm. you shouldn't let people take over your land, mm-hmm. which is so fucking odd. It is. It is. I think, you know, maybe because we're, you know, millennials mm-hmm. that we grew up in an era where it's just internationalism, right? Yeah. Um, where it's hard for us. And, and again, I don't agree with his point of view there either. I think that, you know, this is a world where, It'd be better off if we are integrated rather than 
segregated. Well, because right? the, the problem with that is that when you do that, you deny history, right? Yeah. It's like motherfucker, yeah. you can't as a white if a white nationalist in a, in the United States when you say, "Hey, you should go back to Africa," yeah. bitch, you brought them here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What the fuck? Right. You brought their ancestors yeah. here. They didn't come here. They came here as chattel, as property, oh, yeah. as slaves. So, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? Robbed you them want... of their culture and traditions. Exactly. And, yeah. You force that upon them. If you want them the fuck out of here, or you want me out of here too, mm-hmm. send me back. Give me some fucking money. Set me up for life. And yep. then I'm good to go. I'll get the fuck out of here immediately. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. If you could go ahead and rebuild my podcast all the way out <laughs> yeah. in Korea and they got space for me out there yeah. and I have a job and I have a career and I can make good money, yeah. then send me the fuck over there with me and my family and then we're good to go. But you ain't going to do that. Yeah. You know? Right. And the, the world is going to be a lot less exciting if yeah. if that were the case. Dude, can you imagine? It'd be weird. It'd be so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, because you're, are you an American citizen? No. No, no. You're still, Not Swe- yet. you're still a Swedish citizen, right? Yeah. Yep. Why'd you want to come here? Because I thought Sweden is supposed to be the land of promise. Dude. You know, it, well, I don't know land of promise, land of security. security yeah, yeah, for sure. It is that. Sweden is social. It is definitely, uh, well, they call themselves social democrats. It's a socially democratic thing. So it's like, if you look at the political scale, it's definitely left leaning Mm -hmm. and not left leaning as in like the Dems are here. Mm -hmm. Because even though the Dems are more left leaning than the Republicans, Mm -hmm. they're still on the right side of the scale being Mm -hmm. more, um, you know, more of commercialism and more um, just all about like commerce and and wealth building and you you as an individual versus you as a as a group um as mm-hmm. a nation right so it's definitely when you say safe or when i say safe it's not like oh it's safer to go out at night not that type of safety it's like a uh life safety or life security whereas like you're always going to be okay like you're not going to be homeless unless you really want to like there are people who are homeless that and I'm not saying this that like I know it, but from when I grew up, I knew that if you were homeless, like if you didn't have a home, there was always an option for you to get housing. Like, oh, really? Yeah, the government would sponsor you, right? So that's the whole safety net that I'm that I would be referring to is like, if you lost your job, as long as you're actively looking for something, you're always gonna be okay. Like they'll they'll help you out in the meantime. They'll pay for your rent. They'll pay for your food. You know, they'll give you stipends oh, really? basically, right? Until you get um, back on, your, on feet. your feet, right? So, and the whole thing with healthcare is the same thing. Like, it definitely is more of um, like where Bernie was trying to take things. Mm. Like, he was based on what I understood. He was definitely looking at a lot of the Scandinavian countries for inspiration in terms of what he believed to be the right way to run things. Yeah, which would be like, hey, there are certain rights that you have as a as a resident or as a citizen of a country that you shouldn't have to uh, risk losing, mm. like decouple the whole healthcare thing from your job, right? Like you as a person should have the right or as a taxpayer should have the right to get healthcare that you need without it being like contingent upon where you work yeah, or about how much money you're making. Because look at it this way, like even though if you have insurance, that shit can still rack up uh, a lot of like, oh, for in terms sure. of costs. Yeah. You know? Our health insurance here yeah. sucks dick. Yeah. yeah. Like my mom had a surgery um, last year and end to end through all like, you know, she had to do like MRIs and stuff like that. Here, including the procedure, that probably would have been what? Six figures. Yeah. 
she paid like out of pocket, maybe like 50 bucks. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's just like what uh, a copay kind of a thing. That's crazy. Yeah. The only thing that's different is that you might have to wait a little longer. Mm. Like they obviously have a, um, a triage system where they, you know, would prioritize like life threatening issues first. So if it's something that can wait a little bit, you know, depending on what the doctor uh, Mm -hmm. recommends or, or based on their um, analysis, then yeah, they're going to let you wait. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a comprehensive system. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So wait, so, so the government will give you assistance. Like, let's say like, I don't know, I'm in Sweden and I, and, um, you know, I lost my fucking job. Right. And so they have a government institution for me to go to that'll, that I, that I could sign up for that'll give me government assistance until I find a new job. Yep. So as long as you show up to like the, the like job center or whatever it is, like there, a lot of things are centralized there. Yeah. Even like booze, they don't have liquor stores. It's, they have liquor stores, but it's, it's owned by the government. Oh, really? It is. Yeah. It, uh, well, I don't know if it's changed now, but at least to the best of my knowledge, it's still like, I mean, it's like a regular retail store. Mm-hmm. It's all just one chain. So imagine a BevMo being the only liquor store you have, but it's also tied into like the government. Wait, why somehow. does the government? Uh, oh, oh. I don't know. I think they're trying to like manage consumption. Uh-huh. I think that's what it is. I know some grocery stores will or have started carrying like beer and maybe wine. Yeah. But if you want to get like hard liquor, you can't just go to a grocery store and pick it up off the shelf. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you you got to go to these places. And I'm not quite sure. I don't think they track, like you don't have to like give them your ID or something mm-hmm. unless you look, you know, underage. But, but they can track, let's say, for example, like you you drove while you were drunk or whatever. They could track what you, what how much liquor you bought or. Maybe. I don't know if that's. I don't think they think they surveil you like that, yeah. right? I just think that they're trying to, maybe what they're trying to do is like, if they see like, okay, we want to um, not like encourage people to drink that much, maybe mm. they drive the prices up. Uh, so it could you. be stuff like that. Okay. And that's easier to do if you handle the retail. That's so weird. I, I didn't know that alcohol was like a government subsidy in fucking uh, Sweden. That's uh, so it's, it's, well, it's not a subsidy, but it's yeah. controlled yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. 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 That's fucking odd. Yeah, it's interesting. And the same thing with um your I saw an I read an article about like the Swedish prison system. Yeah. That can I go to prison in fucking Sweden? Dude, it's like a That shit's nice. It's it, well, it's nicer than most countries. Yeah. yeah. I think all Scandinavian countries share that. Like it's more of a therapeutic kind of it's, a, a it's, system. It seems very based on rehabilitation. Like, it does. They definitely don't treat, like, I, I saw one of the rooms, yeah. right? And there was a lamp. There was a, you yeah, know. you have a little TV. Um, I think you have cable or I, I, I think you just can't have like a cell phone mm. and like connection to the outside world. Like, yeah. you probably have like a computer room for you to like get online and stuff. Yeah. But you just might not have that in your, in your, I don't even want to call it a cell. It's like your, uh, your, your dorm room. room. <laughs> your dorm. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw a photo of it, yeah. I think it was like a 3D modeling of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it was like an article that I read about a new prison that was going to come up in Sweden or something yeah. like that. Right. And I just looked at it. I was like, this shit looks like fucking Ikea. Yeah. I mean, it's, it looks like an Ikea room. It's like, you know, it's, it's got a mattress. 
and this this is all anecdotal for me, like based yeah. on what I've seen as well. Mm-hmm. I might be dead wrong, but it's from what I understand, it's got a mattress. This podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. If you want to make delicious foods at your home in pre-measured amounts with the easiest step-by-step recipes, that's HelloFresh. Yet dummies, every meal that I've made has been delicious. And because every ingredient is exact, you won't have leftover scraps, veggies, or sauces to clutter up your fridge that you know you won't use. I know who you are and who you are is me are. I mean, that's me. I always have leftover foods for no reason because I keep buying these ingredients only for the recipe and I got all this leftover stuff that I never use and it goes to waste. HelloFresh offers contactless delivery. They have different categories of meals such as low-calorie, vegetarian, and family-friendly recipes every week and you can save up to 28% by using HelloFresh versus your grocery store shopping trips. If you want to be full and happy like me, go to HelloFresh.com slash 80brain and use code 80brain to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash 80brain and use code 80brain to get a total of $80 off and free shipping additional restrictions apply please visit hellofresh.com for more details you know got a little tv i think you even have like a or you can have mm-hmm. like a video game console so just to pass crazy, your time man. but the thing is like they'll offer full-on like um university courses there so you can go into jail and leave with a freaking bachelor's degree that's amazing that's like you know co-tutored by the local whatever university or or school it's really it's really interesting because you know people in in the united states we talk about our prisons and they call them correctional facilities right right? but nobody nobody ever goes into our prison and they rarely ever come out better yeah you know because the hard thing is when when we talk about our i don't know you know i'm pretty sure everybody knows this but when you go to jail and you come back out yeah the the likelihood that you're going to get a very solid career after that where you're going to make ends meet with your job is going to be really really hard yeah nobody wants to hire an ex-convict for sure and that's going to show up on your record when they run a background check and stuff like that but if you're if you go to prison in sweden can you also go to the government and they'll help you out or how does that work yeah I, i think so um I don't know for sure, but I think they also have this thing where it's going to show up on your record, yeah. right? Um, so that might also be a problem. Um, but I think they're more lenient towards that over there because it's... I need to kill somebody in Sweden and see what happens. Well, you're not going to get life in jail. Well, even if you do, it's like 20 years. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like the... When they say life, again, this could have changed because it's been mm-hmm. a minute since I read up on it. But from what I understand, like... The life sentence there is does top out at a certain amount of time. Oh shit! Yeah, so they are about rehabilitation. Yeah, for sure. Rehab is is the number one like goal of it, right? And it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, one big difference is it's not private institutions for correctional facilities. Okay, because you know a lot of these, and that's something I find interesting here too, is that some of these correctional facilities that exist are like there is They're a business. private, yeah, it's a business. Yeah, the more inmates they have. The more, money, the more they money they can charge. Yeah. Right. Which is an interesting model. Like, I don't know if I personally agree with that being the right way about it. Like, I just feel like there's a conflict of interest there yeah. somehow. You know? Why'd you want to come from uh, Sweden to the United States then? I mean, because it's still like the US is the US, right? Like, this is a country of anything can happen here. Yeah. Good or bad. Um, there are no limits, and that's kind of like the the way that the nation has been been positioning themselves for the last what ever since it was founded. Yeah, right. So it's still like the cultural epicenter of the world. It's still the leader in the world in many aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And for me, it's like growing up primarily consuming content that came out of here, where whether it be visual, like, you know, film or, or TV mm-hmm. or music. It's just like a you establish a connection to the culture here. And I think a lot of people who come here that are foreigners, like first gen immigrants, can attest to that. Like there is something that anchors you to the culture here that you might not have had not have had in your home country wherever yeah. that is you know like for me one thing that i didn't realize was and i think i mentioned this last time too like i i only came here to accompany a, a homie of mine uh cam who uh, i came here with initially and the plan was only to see this as an extended kind of vacation right like mm-hmm. i had just got done with high school uh took a sabbatical to figure out what I wanted to do. I worked at McDonald's and shit. Right. And figured, you know what, let's just go to LA for like a year, you know, to take a course and see what happens. And I think coming here for me, um, especially being surrounded with a lot of Asian culture mm-hmm. and Asian people, something yeah. I didn't have the, the luxury of, of, of in my hometown just really helped me find my identity as an Asian man, yeah, you know, and really start to appreciate because I remember as a kid, dude, and you can probably attest to this too, like growing up in SAC, it's like you being the super minority just, you know, made you feel like an outsider, mm-hmm. made you feel hard to connect with your culture. Yeah. Made you almost a little embarrassed sometimes, mm-hmm. like whether it be the food that you ate. Um, I remember my mom used to make this mean tofu thing. I freaking loved, right? But kids would always laugh. I'm like, ew, what the hell is that? They, yeah, would, yeah. they would eat like some bullshit, like some sandwiches and some shit, right? I don't know Sweden people talking about your fucking food's weird, dog. Dude. Y'all got fucking yo, Swedish meatballs and then you got fucking bro, pickle that herring. Shit is, that shit is bomb. Yo, pickle <laughs> herring, bro? The mustard pickle herring? I'm going to bring some next time, bro. Shit is bomb. <laughs> Ooh, and some boiled mini potatoes with some dill, bro. Dog, nobody, nobody is ever listening to this podcast, and nobody's mouth is watering right now. This was said boiled potatoes, pickled herring. Nobody <laughs> wants that fucking prison food, the bro. Fuck? It's fucking delicacy, dude. Put that on some. Crackers. I actually like pickled herring, but I don't know about eating it like that, though. Well, it is traditional. We'll we'll have to we'll have to do a little. When you uh, when you were in test. Sweden, were you like when you went to school? Were you like the only Asian kid there? Definitely, I could count on one hand. How many, how many Asian kids were there? What's that like? Because that place is very weird. As fuck. And, 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 you know, and for the most part, they were probably related to me somehow. Mm. So that's why also like it was weird, you know, even like appreciating uh, Asian women mm-hmm. in a way where like I could foresee myself or see myself being in a relationship with them was weird because a lot of times I would only interact with people who I might be related to. Yeah. So I could never really see them as like a, a desirable partner you know which was weird coming here there were a lot more people that i well i can say for sure but most likely wouldn't be related to Mm -hmm. right and just being in that sphere and learning how to appreciate uh my culture yeah or our culture you know so for me it was uh uh, uh, and i think that's why um it kind of grew more on me being here in la especially is is the fact that I really found who I was here. Mm. Not only as like, oh, a singer, artist, or whoever it is, or whatever it is that I do, but just me as a person, mm-hmm. as an Asian man in the world, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's such a... I couldn't imagine growing up in a... Because it's not even just your school, it's the country. Like, there's not much yeah. diversity, obviously, in Sweden yeah. as it is compared to the United States, yeah. right? It's yeah. just a... Like, I, I couldn't... 
it's hard for me to figure out like if I would have been able to like culturally connect to who I am if yeah. I wasn't surrounded by other people who were very like-minded or understood the culture right, as well. Right, right. Right, because it, it would just, I mean, how? I would feel left out. I'd probably, you know, adapt the other yeah. way around. No, for sure. And that's the thing. Like you would try to assimilate as much as possible. Yeah. You know? And I was never given a, a, a Anglo-Saxon or Swedish name. Yeah. You know? So I was always sticking out regardless how hard I tried, yeah, you know, to fit in. Um, one thing that I found interesting, like growing up, there weren't, it wasn't that much diversity. It's definitely really diverse now, especially in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Most people are from like the Middle East, um, could be, you know, maybe refugee backgrounds or whatever it may be. Is a big Middle Eastern influence. Mm. Um, but even then, what I found interesting was like the, the native people, like the white people of Sweden could definitely claim that as like, yo, this is ours. Mm. Like we were here not only for like, we didn't, we didn't have the whole, like, you know, the U S is like the melting pot where, you know, Europeans came here to look for, you know, um, freedom of, of suppression from like, you know, religious freedom, whatever it may be. Yeah. Right. Like they can say that they can track to when they actually came here. Oh, sweet. Well, I mean, like the Europeans that came yeah. to the U.S., right? So you could say like, hey, you guys were immigrants too. Uh-huh. But you can't really say that for Swedish folks. So mm. if they say like, oh, but you're in our country, like what are you supposed to say? Yeah. I can't say, well, y'all came here too. Like, you know, the like, original no, this, this is Neanderthals us. were yeah. fucking like, no, like, yeah, I'll give that to them. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is your country. Yeah. So are there a lot of, are there white nationalists in Sweden? Oh, for sure, dude. Oh, okay. Like new Nazis and shit. That's huge. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. I would see even like uh, the area of town I grew up in, there were, cause especially my mom ran a, uh, a restaurant, right? Yeah. So uh, a lot of people, patrons that came were just like, came to have a few beers, but frequently, mm-hmm. I don't want to call them alcoholics. Yeah. But basically that's what they were. Right. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of people who were, you know, rocking like the Confederate flags and shit. They like had a connection to this whole movement here, even though they Did were. They go to a Chinese restaurant? Yeah. Well, that was the only <laughs> watering so, hole available. That's so fucking weird. It's like. Dude, we had a, a one year. I remember um, there was like a viewing party. We had a reservation at the restaurant for like a, a like a big event right Mm -hmm. they had reserved like five or six tables because they were there to watch like this whole election thing Mm -hmm. it was i remember it was a year where there were elections happening and they were there that election night to kind of follow like you know what's going on Mm -hmm. and then i realized you know there were a lot of people they were all white which wasn't surprising i mean that's pretty normal to see but there were some that were just like shaved heads and stuff i'm like okay you know, maybe they just lost their hair. <laughs> but then there was this lady that came up to pay. And I, I saw the, how, like, engaged they were with the whole election process and, like, the results coming in and stuff. I just casually asked her, like, hey, because I, I was helping out my mom that night. I was like, hey, so are you guys, like, with a political party or something? And she was. Mm-hmm. So that whole group were with uh, a party called the Swedish Democrats that have gained a lot of traction in the last uh, few election cycles. Mm-hmm. And even though they might not claim to be um, like rooted in in nationalism, that's kind of like what they're known for Mm. being like founded by people who have been like, you know, white supremacists or or something. So it was kind of weird to me that they chose a a, a local Chinese restaurant to. Yeah, that's the the weird (laughs) thing, right? It's it's the 
it's that part. Yeah. It's like, how can you... That's where I have a, 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 a probably the biggest confusion when yeah. it comes to people who have like national pride or like yeah. their their ethnic pride, right? It's like you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? You know exactly. You, you can't. It's not that you can't. In my personal p- opinion, it's fucking dumb that you do. Yeah. For you to sit there and be like, okay, fuck everybody else. Right. Like we're the best shit on the world. What do yeah. you want to go eat? Some Chinese food? Yeah. Bitch. Get, Take my food out your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out <laughs> of here. the fuck out of here. Yeah. Watch, go eat your fucking Icelandic fish and boiled potatoes. <laughs> boiled potatoes and yeah, uh, go, herring and go shit. Go eat your fucking fish in a can yeah. and enjoy the fuck. Don't eat my fucking food then. But you know what was interesting? Because I think when she saw my reaction, because I was jarred when she mm-hmm. said that she was with that party, because mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, it's kind of scary yeah. if you have a group of like, and mind you, Swedish people are in size pretty big yeah, right? big people tall and like wide yeah you know and i'm i'm pretty short like you're you're big yeah. you know like in turn terms yeah, of they're your built height. different though <laughs> they're built differently yeah. for sure so i felt like you know just a little intimidated especially i was kind of young then too mm-hmm. but um she i think she saw like the change in my face mm-hmm. when she mentioned that she was with that party and she i don't know she felt compelled to kind of explain herself to me so mm-hmm. you know what she said she said we don't she came back afterwards she was like just to make things clear like we we don't like hate or despise people like you mm-hmm. who are like doing your part in working hard mm. I, I i'm paraphrasing but that's yeah. basically the essence of what she's saying right which i find kind of interesting so basically what they're saying is we don't want people to come and leech we mm. want people who come here to work to work hard and contribute and contribute and not just be leeching from the system. Yeah. So, like, I, as much as I might not agree with all of the nuances of that statement, there are certain things that I do kind of understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, hmm, that's fucking interesting. Well, this is, this is, this is the weird part, right? Yeah. Because that's when I got confused when he was doing that interview and he was talking to that white nationalist and yeah. he goes, I don't hate your skin color. I don't yeah. hate any of your cultures. Yeah. I just, want you should be as racist as i am you yeah know? right you should not want people to come into your country and take it over like i don't want you to come and take over mine yeah come visit do whatever but after you you know but for in her case it's not even that it's you know come to this country yeah but contribute yeah you know and is maybe she's talking about in, in terms of that with like refugees i think so yeah. because i think just traditionally they've because they, they've been sweden as a country um have been pretty generous in mm-hmm. terms of welcoming and taking people in mm-hmm. from a humanitarian perspective which is which is dope right but at the same time maybe not have the best in term like system set up in terms of integrating people yeah so what's happened is uh, from what i understand like a lot of people who come have brought their baggage with them yeah. so if they have gang affiliations in their home countries that should transfers over uh-huh. and they start to have like gang wars Lo- mm-hmm. Like that, that aren't even like rooted in anything that's local, but they, they just brought with them from gotcha. their cultures. Yeah. Well, like there were issues I remember growing up where, I mean, albeit rarely, but it did happen where, you know, a, a, a dad from like a Middle Eastern family might feel like his daughter dishonored the family mm-hmm. and then he just killed her. Like honor killings. Oh, shit. Yeah, that would that definitely happened. I remember at least one or two cases just growing up and I'm sure it's probably gone on 
I, again, is rarely. This like maybe is this did this? Oh, then I wonder if if Sweden had a huge, or maybe people in Sweden might have had a huge issue with the uh, the, the Syrian refugees then that were coming in. Was that a big thing in in Sweden? Well, I think a lot of them were going towards Sweden. Yeah. Like they were either. I think uh, once they got yeah. to like the EU, they just took the train and were going up to uh, Germany mm-hmm. or Sweden because they had a, a pretty open like policy. Especially because you guys have home. you know that the the, the the socialist system set up yeah. to allow government assistance and yeah, help. Right. So, hmm. And also, you know, once they get in and if they do become like residents or citizens, mm-hmm. like that's a European Union citizenship. Yeah. They can go wherever they want after that. Mm. Except for the UK now, obviously. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a part of it too. That's why they wanted to pull out because they were like, well, you know, we, we, we're not centralizing our policies in terms of how we're approaching, um, um, immigration oh i don't think that's what they ran on but that could that could have been a factor part of it yeah for sure that's that's so interesting too though like i I, because it's it's weird for me to hear that because um situations are different right yeah so i know like some of these arguments too are what people say about people of color in this country right right but i think like the biggest difference is is that people who come to their country was there by choice. Yeah. Like they wanted to come here. Right. You know, versus yeah. like, you can't say that to people of color, like for example, like black people, yeah. because they were brought here as chattel, as property. Yeah. Right. So, and the, there's a fucked up system that a lot, that was forced to keep them down. Yeah. However, there's the Swedish situation is a little different. It's yeah. like, you guys came here for whatever, like political freedom yeah. or, you know, you guys came here as a refugee. We took you in. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing because I don't know anything about that country. Right. But, when those people in that group party is like, yeah, you can come in here, but you can't, but you have to um, contribute to our country as yeah, well. Right. You know, after we took you in. Yeah. Cause they can, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say, but I, I feel like they have a, 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 more, a better opportunity to, to lay claim of the country versus yeah. European uh, immigrants here. Like essentially when I say European was, I'm, oh, I mean, they stole white this people. land. So their foundation is right. all fucked up. Cause, cause, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, you can kind of argue like, well, y'all didn't, you know, y'all also came here. Yeah. Right. Whereas in other countries, you, you know, you might be able to track it back to like, okay, y'all were the original mm-hmm. inhabitants of this land. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it is kind of hard, right. To see that and, 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 and be able to kind of like speak against it. Like, I, I guess you could also say like, Hey, you know, we are contributing, you know, but in just being more asking people to be more empathetic about because everybody's lives is not linear. Right. Where does I mean, so when did your dad come to Sweden then? He wasn't he was born in China. Yeah. And- born in China. Dude, my dad's story is freaking crazy, dude. I'm I've, I'm sure we've talked about this before. We glanced like, over it. We did. Yeah. yeah. So he dude, he's been all over the place. Um he definitely was in China. He got exiled um, because he was fighting against the uh, the whole uh, communist takeover thing. Mm-hmm. So he got exiled to Taiwan. He went oh. to Japan. And then somehow, ultimately, he made his way to, to Europe, right? Through Macau and through his Portuguese citizenship. Because remember what Macau? The fuck? Macau used to be, yeah. And I think that's how he, he had the last name Da Silva at some point. Which I'm like, what the fuck? Where the fuck did that come? From? Like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, because one of my one of my siblings is named half siblings. His name is De Silva, like last name. And he's he or she's what full Chinese? No, no, half Danish. Oh, what the fuck? Because his his wife or lady at the time, my dad's uh, then um, wife or or lady was uh, was Danish. 
And then ultimately he went to Denmark and met my mom in Denmark. Oh, yeah. what was your mom doing in Denmark? Well, she, she just wanted out of communist China. Mm. Um, and so she had an uncle there in Denmark. Isn't it an uncle? Yeah. Her uncle was there already. I don't know how he got there, but then she just basically, um, he helped her to get to Denmark and then they met there and then they moved to Sweden, which is the neighboring country. What the fuck? Your yeah. dad's last name was De Silva for a bit. That's Dude, funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. It's super weird. Uh, but you know, I, we can dive into that deeper because there was like, there's still question marks to what exactly my dad did. Yeah. Like he was, I remember growing up, he was always away. Like he was always traveling, but then I'd find pictures in his room of like bulletproof vests and stuff. So I'm like, wait, what did you do? And, uh, you know, my dad passed away a few years ago, so I don't have the opportunity to ask him. And even then when I was, um, it, when I did have the opportunity to talk to him about these, he would just brush it off. Like, ah, don't worry about it. Like, well, what, what, what was the bulletproof vest for? I don't know. I just saw like, you know, before, you know, it was like printed photos of like a hotel room. So imagine like, imagine your quintessential hotel or motel room. You open the door and you see like two beds, right? Mm-hmm. And the picture had these two beds and it was just like Kevlar vests on them. I'm like, what? I'm like, why? First of all, what? Second of all, why? Why are there, why yeah. are there Kevlar vests in this picture? So yeah, I, I honestly, uh, there's a still a question mark, uh, to what exactly he did. He will always say, Oh, I'm going away on business. Right. But never tell you what it is. Never really go into detail of what that business entailed. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he would say like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm working on like like European and Asian, uh, like as a consultant for relations and like trade. Mm-hmm. But trade of what? <laughs> yeah, trade of what? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, that's definitely still because my dad, including me, had like nine kids. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, each of us had like a different period or era of time that we, we lived with our dads. So I think one of my life goals is to kind of tie those those uh those that timeline together. Like, what did you guys know about dad? And and are they all the in, are 70- all your siblings in Sweden? No, actually, uh, my oldest sibling is here in Oregon. Oh, yeah, she lives on a uh like a little farm. My my oldest brother is actually here in Arcadia. Like literally. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like literally right here. And I met him for the first time just a few years ago. Like when I first came to the U.S. a few years after that, I found and out he that was he was born here or no? No, he was born in, um, I think Thailand. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. It's all over the place, and it's such an interesting story. Man, your dad's Alexander Hamilton, dude. He just has a random ass kids. Well, I mean, fuck? low key, like you know, people were like, because he was friends with a set, like a senator of uh, of Ohio or something at some point, like really close friends with him. Like, I think my dad had either a citizenship here at some point. Oh, or, your dad had a U.S. citizenship. Well, either citizenship or like a a, a residency, like a, a what was before the green card, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So. That's what I was told. He would say that to me because he's just like, oh, man, you know, you know, if I knew you were wanting to move to the U.S. one day, I would have just maintained my status. Like basically renewed. Yeah. It. He just never renewed it. And I'm like, well, how did you get it in the first place? He's like, oh, yeah, I was really close friends with one of the senators here. How? So that's what I'm saying. I don't know. And then, you know, there were there were because my dad at some point in his life 
also had a, a, a Chinese restaurant in Denmark. That's how we ended up there, right? Yeah. But there were rumors about like it being where it was located was very interesting. It was apparently located. This was before I came around. It was apparently located right between the U.S. and the Russian embassy. And from what I've heard, and I don't know, I can't verify if this is true or not, that there were instances where there would be like dining guests mm-hmm. from each of these embassies that came. And then he had shut down the restaurant uh, because they were there at the same time. So I don't know if it's like anything more than what it is at face value, but those are things that I'm definitely uh, <laughs> would be looking into uncovering a little bit more if I have the time to what just the fuck? So, you're, wait, you're, so your dad had a kid in Thailand. He had two kids in, from my, what I understand, two kids in Thailand uh, uh, who both live here now in the States. And then their kids are my age. Oh, so they're, they're like, they could be like, they're at the age of my parents. Basically, my dad was was significantly older than uh, my mom, right? Yeah. Um. And then he had, uh, I believe, two kids. I don't know if they were born in the Philippines, but I know that they grew up there, or they spent some time there for sure. With your dad? Well, yes and no. Like he, I think so. I think he was around, but he would probably be traveling. Well, either way. I have two brothers that I knew or know spent some time. They had the Danish mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that they spent some time in the Philippines. And then they moved to Denmark. And then my dad moved to Denmark too, I think. There he had a another uh, daughter, my one of my older sisters, uh, from with a different lady. Uh, and then he moved to Sweden, I think. And then he had two other kids. Uh, 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 one of my brothers and sisters that are half Swedish, right? With a with a Swedish lady. With a Swedish lady, who was I think a stewardess, like a air host, like what? air stewardess. The fuck. And then and then my mom. And then he met your mom. Yeah. And then since then, I don't know if there are because he was traveling a lot. I don't know if I have other siblings. To be honest with you, I might have. What the you fuck? Know? I don't know. Like at this rate, you know, who knows, right? Your dad was just straight fucking, man. Dude, I'm like freaking like, like <laughs> Asian Austin Powers, bro. Dude, what is like, going I'm, on? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, nobody really knows. Like, I don't really know. I would love to know. I would love to well, tell I'm trying to like, figure out what his job entailed, that he would have to know a senator. He knows all these like high government officials. Yeah. That he's connected with all the stuff. Then there's this random picture of him in a, in a hotel with a bunch of Kevlar vests yeah. on his like, I don't understand that. Like, what the yeah, fuck is going either. on? Like, was he a spy? Yeah, I, like, I think he was a government like, spy, bro. You know, like, what, what, was that what it was? Like, I don't know. I, I would love to learn, and this could be one of those. You dude, have to backtrack of, a lot and just kind of pick up all these stories between yeah. your siblings. You just have to interview everybody. Like, what is your memory? You know, what is your recollection? Anything weird happened during like your- Like some kind of story that they would say, because yeah. that's so fucking odd to me. Dude, Yeah. This could be like a crime, uh, crime podcast series or something. You think your dad was like a government agent? I don't know. Well, here's the thing. He was it's so weird because he was elected to some kind of like, uh, like uh, a Chinese government party thing. He had the stamp in his passport where it kind of gave him clearance to some stuff. I don't know exactly what it was. But I, I do, I don't know. There's just things that have happened that I've seen that is just like, it's kind of odd. It's a little weird. Have you weird. asked your mom? Does your mom know? She doesn't know. 
maybe she's just saying that she doesn't know. Yeah. But as far as I know, she she doesn't know. Yeah. She was like, dad just always worked. And yeah, then- it was always a way. Like, dude, I remember there were times in, in, in um, where he would come back. Literally, like he would come back from a trip overseas. Like be home for a few hours and then depart again. Same day. To, and then I wouldn't see him for, for a week or two weeks or whatever it would be. What the fuck? Then So it was your mom running the restaurant then? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. She was like the, the yeah, she was there the majority of the time. My dad, and well, to the best of my recollection, was kind of in and out. Like towards, obviously, uh, towards these latter years. When you got older? Yeah, I got older and for sure was, was more present. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, like in the late 80s, early 90s there was definitely a lot of times where i didn't see him what was the how's the relationship like with your dad and his other kids then because it seems like he was around for you the most yeah definitely and you know i, I definitely feel sim- not not sympathy i don't feel bad but i just feel like you know there's there's definitely an, an empathetic feeling that i have for my siblings that uh, might envy that like from from the outside you know like yeah. looking in and seeing like oh pops is spending more time with with this kid, like, you know, I, I can, I can see that. And, you know, I, it's not my fault, right. Directly, but I, I feel them. Um, but I would say that, you know, it's been spotty. Um, maybe not on best terms with everybody. Um, but everybody showed up to the funeral though, which is. Which oh, is, really? All the kids. Yeah. Well, all the kids that we know about. Yeah. All the kids yeah. that you know about. So yeah. it was total nine kids. Yeah. Give or take, yeah. Did are you the only kid that that uh, that he had with your mom? Yeah. Oh shit. Yep. So between my parents, I was the only one. Uh, and then, yeah, for the most part, they came in pairs, uh, except for one sister, who's also the only child. Yeah. What in the fuck? And did you meet their parents too, or no? Um. Yeah. I've. I would say I've met. Yeah, I think I've met all the other ladies actually. You gotta talk to them. They they would probably know better. Yeah, probably. It's like, hey, like, what the fuck did my dad do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I don't fucking know. Yeah, so weird. Super weird, dude. It's um, it's definitely a story that you know I I I I aim to to dig a little bit deeper into going forward. What? In the, that's fucking yeah, weird, fucking man. Austin Powers, bro. Yeah, your Tell dad me. is Austin Powers, international man of mystery, man. I know exactly you. what my dad was doing. My dad was just working at the store and beating my ass all day. That's all. I, I know his story. Oh, my dad beat my ass too, dude. No mercy. I already know like the 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 story of my dad. My dad's nothing like that. My dad just has a really tragic story when he was younger. Like, yeah. um, it's it's so funny because you get to kind of understand who he is and what he went through and why he kind of treated me the way he did because yeah. of how he grew up. Right. And I got to know everything about my father through my mom mm. because my dad isn't really open like that. He doesn't really talk about his personal life. Yeah. Um, like my my dad, I think my, my grandpa was somebody who was really wealthy. So he used mm. to own, he used to be in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And so he um, had like this Tupperware, this company that basically manufactured like Tupperware stuff, right? Right, right. Had a lot of money. So when my dad was really young, he was actually pretty well off. Mm. And then my grandpa had a habit of kind of trusting his money to other people. So when he was into this business, he didn't really know how it worked or anything else. Yeah. He probably just made the right investments, knew the right people. So because of that, because he didn't have the knowledge of how this business ran or where the money was coming in and out, right. eventually the, his business partners um, uh, took all of his money. 
And so wow. he ended up being broke. But Damn. by the time he was broke, yeah. my my sisters were already old enough and they were married off or they they kind of went off and did their own thing. Yeah. My, my brother, my, my brother, my dad was still really young. Right. And so during this time, I remember this weird this weird moment where um he he has an older sister, right? And let me tell you, this bitch crazy. Like <laughs> both my aunts are fucking crazy. Yeah. But I remember I saw my aunt and my oldest oldest aunt, who I just met at the time for the first time ever. Yeah. She came into the United States to see my brother, uh, to see her brother, my dad, and her sister. Mm-hmm. And I remember my aunt and her got into a fucking fight, like a crazy fight. This is like they're old. They're yeah. like in their what four fifties, forties, right. high forties. And I just remember they were fucking screaming at each other. My aunt spit in her face and she scratched his fat. What the I scratched her face up. I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on?" But Damn, dude. I guess my my parents never really got my my dad and his siblings never really got along. Like, yeah, he still doesn't really get along with his uh, other older sister, one of his older sisters that lives here. Oh, and that's my aunt that I was pretty close to because I saw her growing up a lot because I'm really close to her her kids. Is she in NorCal too? Or yeah, she's in uh, Sacramento. Oh, okay. And uh, my oldest aunt, I remember I, I came downstairs. Oh, not downstairs. I came into the living room. And I just remember seeing my oldest aunt sitting there just crying, like begging my dad for forgiveness. Yeah. I don't know what it was for, Mm -hmm. but she was just crying her eyes out, begging him for forgiveness. And this is, she came to the States because her husband just passed away. What I found out later on was because when they were younger, uh, when my, when my grandpa went bankrupt, he didn't have any money, lost everything. Right. Right. The older sisters were already gone. They were off. They had their own men or whatever. They, they were set, but my brother was still living in the household. He was like still in high school or like a 14 year old or some shit. So at that point, he basically what happened was to keep a long story short, he was, he asked to my oldest aunt, Took in her father, my mm-hmm. dad's dad as well, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, took him in, but she said that my brother couldn't live with him though, so he had to figure it out for himself as like a fourteen-year-old. What? Yeah, and I think it's because her husband didn't want him living in the house with Why? them. I don't fucking know. So my dad had to fend for himself at the age of like fourteen or fifteen. That's crazy. So he got taken in by his best friend's parents yeah. who owned a motel, and he let him stay live in the one of the rooms. While he was going to school and doing everything else, damn, that's that was that was in uh, that wasn't here. That right? was in Korea. Oh yeah, yeah. And so she came and basically asked my dad for forgiveness for yeah. what happened back, and that's why she was sobbing and crying. Obviously, yeah. she went through a very traumatic experience because right, she lost right. her husband. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the kind of like background that my dad grew up in. So yeah. he really did have to fend for himself. Yeah. And so my dad, I think he was really harsh on uh, on us, and he really wanted to keep a, a tight-knit family yeah. because he didn't have a tight-knit family growing up. Yeah. But I think the biggest fallacy in that was that because he was trying to keep us so close, he was yeah. kind of pushing us away yeah. because he didn't let us breathe. Right, right. Because he was basically trying to fulfill a childhood that he never had that, yeah. that to him was very important. Yeah. And you know, it, you know, to his credit, like family is very important to me yeah. because of him. Um, but then I got to see, hear these stories from my mom about how he grew up because he never told me this stuff. Right. Like, I feel like Asian men don't ever fucking tell. No, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even like a basic thing, like saying like, I love you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, as much as we love our parents, I'm sure like I, I say, <laughs> I feel like I say love you more to my friends than I actually say it to yeah. my mom. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is, uh, which is weird, even though, you know, obviously the type of love you have for your parents is on a whole different level than. Yeah. It just wasn't there. For, no, we never really said it. I, I yeah. say it to my mom now, 
but that took time. Yeah. You know, uh, my dad never said I love you to me. <laughs> I don't think it's in his vocabulary. And I, and I get it too. I understand it's not in my vocabulary to say it to him either. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, man. Okay. You know, but my dad shows his love. You know, I showed you the stuff that my dad made back at, yeah. back at home, the, the, the garden. Yeah. I mean, that's how he shows his love through yeah. stuff like that. Like I yeah. told him like, hey, I wish I could make this. He goes, I'll make it for you. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to a certain point, you know, it, it, it can be left unsaid. I mean, it's nice to say it, but mm-hmm. you know, it, if you have a good relationship, which involves like, you know, butting heads at times, mm-hmm. uh, I think it just, it can be left unsaid and just be known. Right. Yeah. Like I'm okay with it because there's other ways to show that like affection and right. love. Exactly. And I think, you know, obviously my, our generation is going to be a lot different. Yeah. We're just going to do it the way that we do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like all, all of our parents are kind of the way that they are because of something that happened to them. Like yeah. I would have never known about this stuff about my dad unless my mom told me. Right. Right. And he had a really, really rough upbringing. Like I, I would have, I didn't get it. And then when we grew up too, like we were super poor too. Yeah. Like we had a, we had a kind of figure things out as we went yeah. um like i remember just small things of i didn't really have like new clothes ever yeah. like until i was like maybe like in junior high everything right. was a hand-me-down or we there was a next to this this joint in sacramento called rice bowl yeah it was a thrift store um and that's where i got all my clothes yeah i got all my clothes it was all used stuff it was super cheap and mm-hmm. we just got all of our stuff there and then my brother got his clothes there yeah and then i got his hand-me-down which was already a hand-me-down yeah. about a thrift store <laughs> you know and that was just our everyday existence we just yeah. didn't have a lot of money it, yeah. was, it wasn't something that was there yeah and i didn't really think twice about it yeah um and i remember our store too all of the all of our supplies weren't even were on cardboard boxes because we couldn't afford shelves mm. like so and it was so funny because when I look back at it now, I didn't think I was poor. I just thought that was life. Yeah. That's just how everybody was. Like right, every, right. We were in a low income area. Yeah. Everybody didn't have money. Yeah. But the weirdest part was like because we owned a business, I think a lot of people in the neighborhood thought that we were like, we were well off. Yeah. It's like, bro, I live in your same fucking neighborhood. Right. Like, right. You know where I live. Like yeah. you guys know I'm just as broke as you guys. Yeah, right. You know, but they saw that we owned a business. So they're like, oh, you have more than us. But that wasn't the case. Yeah. You know, they didn't know how hard it was for us. I think our business started taking a really good turn in profit just to bring us up to lower middle class. Yeah. Not just out of poverty was right, like right. when I was in junior high. Right. And then my parents bought me my first pair of Nike Air Maxes. It was the Air Max. I think it was the Air Max 95 where the bubble ran all the way through the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, was it 95? Not 90. 90? No, not not, not ninety. Wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is 95. Yeah, the 95s yep, yep, were yep, the Air Max. Yep, were, it, yep. was like, it was like lime green and the yep. bottom and shit like that. So there's like these moments that I... Yeah, I, I get my dad. Like his his life was stressful, and he was going through seminary school at the time as he was like oh, raising us because he wanted to be a pastor. Yeah, right. right so right. he went through seminary school. You know, he was going through like being broke as shit. Had to run the business. Yeah, and then you know he was still having to take us to school. I sucked at school. Yeah, and then my dad, my brother was doing well. That's why he was the golden child at the right. time. <laughs> yeah, but your dad's a fucking secret agent, dude. Just to let you know, <laughs> he's a spy just trying to out there trying to kill people. I don't know, dude. Well, not killing nobody right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> so your parents ran away from China to kind of. Escape like communism. Yeah, I think so. And you know, it's kind of interesting to see their perspective because it's like getting away from like the whole Mao regime, but then looking back at it now with with pride. Like I remember, my dad was at least in the in these last years uh, when he was still with us. Like he was super proud of the progress that was made over there. Mm. Like how how much they've been able to grow and evolve. Because I think that's the main difference. If you think about like. A dictatorship, right? Like if you look at Cuba mm-hmm. or if you look at like another, like maybe South American country that's ran on the same type of concept, like Leninism or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. right? What China has done is they've 
opened themselves up for for trade and um capitalism in a way that's still very controlled yeah and maybe it's just a sheer amount of people and their um mentality of how they are like their work ethic that just has really like propelled them into being one of the the like a a, a contender of like you know mm-hmm. nations be to be looking at like did you ever see that documentary called like um American Factory or something on Netflix. Mm-mm. Bro, you should watch that shit. It's so interesting. I think it was the first documentary. It got nominated for an Oscar. I'm, I don't know if it won it. But um the uh, President Barack Obama and um uh, uh First Lady have like a production company now that they've actually invested or bought this this documentary mm-hmm. and put it on Netflix. Dude, it's so interesting what they do is basically they go to Detroit, right? It's about like the auto factories there and how like they've shut down. And then they bring in um, a Chinese investor that opens like a car windshield company factory there. Yeah. Right. And it's basically following that journey and seeing how some of these American reps or uh, factory workers go to China to get trained and just seeing the difference in work ethic and work culture. Dude, you just got to watch it, dude. And I, and I recommend for everybody to watch it just to get an idea of how, you know, like linear people think over there and are just mm-hmm. very focused on task at hand. And I think that's maybe why there's so much manufacturing going on there because there's less of this idea of, oh, I have an end goal in life. You know, I want to make it to X, Y, and Z. I want to become this or I want to become that. It's more so like, what can I do with what I've been given right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well. That's even in our that's 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 a reflection of our parents' generation too. And yeah, we, for sure. We have like small remnants of that as well. Yeah. And I always tell young people too right now, like if you're under the age of like twenty five or some shit, like the 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 biggest issue that most people have now is not because like it's not because you guys don't know what you want to do. Yeah. It's because you guys know too many of things that you want to do. Yeah. And you guys have options now. Yeah. You know, growing up for people like our parents, options wasn't anything it was oh, yeah. more like pay the bills make sure that my kids are good make yeah. sure that we set up for a future yeah and that's that feel that kind of kept them going yeah for the day-to-day yeah and so when you get burdened with too much choice you kind of end up being really stagnant you don't yeah. know what to do it's right. not that you have too many choices it's not that you don't have too many choices you just you're just not sitting you're not picking anything right right and and that's that's i think that's even sometimes harder i feel bad for them sometimes and also the concept that you know and, and this is something that i definitely subscribe to it's like the concept, if you worked hard enough, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, there is some serendipity in that. Like you, if you work, I definitely encourage everybody to work hard at something, but don't take like uh, uh, the result for granted, right? Like let's say your dream is to become X. Like nothing really is linear. Like you can't predict that actually from happening. All you can do is ensuring that you're giving it your best. You yeah. know what I mean? Don't expect a return. I think that's what it is. Sometimes you can get so jaded like and feel butthurt. Like, why isn't this happening to me? I've invested so much time or this and that into this, but it's not rendering the result that I was promised. Yeah, that it's because a lot of these fucking celebrities, they go out there, they kind of talk about their personal success and their stories, yeah. right? I was like, but there's a certain factor to the fact that you're a very talented human being. Yeah. You have this certain thing going for you. Yeah. Some of, these, some of you motherfuckers, by the way, and this is like something I had to tell myself like growing up too that kind of helped me from getting jaded is that sometimes you're good at shit. Sometimes yeah. you're bad at shit. Yeah. You have to accept that. Yeah. There, 
like I, I told the story before about this kid that I met in Buffalo and he was, it was during a, um, it was during a talent show contest. Yeah. And Buffalo, New York, I got to tell you, man, out of all the <laughs> talent shows that I've went to, you guys are some of the most untalented motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. Like, Damn. like I'm telling you, this dude, he did a whole rendition of Lady Gaga's uh, Ooh La 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 La. Okay. But he did it with a Chinese accent. And I've never laughed so hard in my life. I was cracking the fuck Wait, up. Wait, did he, did he, what, the Chinese accent was on purpose? So I thought it wasn't on, I thought it was on purpose. So I was cracking the fuck up. I was like, this dude is a funny ass comic. So oh, I gave him like shit. a 10 out of 10. Yeah. And then I was dying laughing in the front row, like literally tearing up. Yeah. And then we went to the back. They're like, oh, what did you give this guy? I forgot his name now. Yeah. But I gave him a 10. And like, you sure? Like, you, he's the best? I was like, dude fucking funniest act ever he was like david he wasn't making an act he was singing for oh, real and i laughed at him for his whole set damn my dude. ass off but you know and so th the reason why i bring this up is because yeah. afterwards he comes up to me and he goes like hey david like i heard you sing too maybe we should you know collaborate together yeah and i'm like you don't know how much you suck dick Ew, you fucking suck yeah but he doesn't know so, and he was he told me that he wanted to drop out of college to pursue music and wow. i'm like bro yeah do not finish up college yeah you're, you're gonna need this but yeah. that just goes to show sometimes we don't got shit that we want and and that's okay yeah if you enjoy things do it because you enjoy it yeah. but when you expected like a, a specific result to happen just yeah. because you worked hard towards it right it's not gonna happen there's a reason why especially when it comes to acting yeah. there's only a finite amount of roles right for right? sure there's people who dedicate their whole lives to be an actor and they don't pop off because yeah. they think that they have something to offer and i'm telling you people right now there are people that i know that are great actors yeah and they haven't gotten their chances or roles yet. Right. You know, and they make okay money. Yeah. Not well. Yeah. They could probably do way better if they had a steady job. Right. Right. But they do it because they love it and yeah. they enjoy the process. Yeah. Whether they whether they pop off or not, they know that they've done something that they enjoyed for the, yeah. you know, for a majority of their life. Yeah. And I think it's important to like take self-inventory, right? Like mm -hmm. what you're saying right there with that guy that that's saying, like, okay, let's say that just at face value, he's not quite where he needs to be to be, you know, a viable uh, like person in the in the marketplace for music, like like an artist, right? Yeah. But then know that and work on your craft. Yeah. Like if that's something that you really want to do, know how much you're sucking right now or mm -hmm. where you're sucking, and just really just evolve and try to grow. Like take classes, whatever it may be, accent class. People, some people just don't know how yeah. bad they are, man. I just saw this video yeah. clip that my buddy showed me of this guy that decided that when he was going to get married, yeah. he was going to sing Bruno Mars' Versace on the floor. Didn't even oh, tell his fiance shit. that he liked singing. And oh. it was the oh, no. worst fucking rendition I've ever heard on my life. If I had a gun, yeah. I would have shot myself. <laughs> In the ears, not to kill myself, just blasted my ears off. Just to go deaf. Just just to go deaf for a hot second. <laughs> it was so fucking bad. And then he had two dancers there. Oh my god. To, to perform no. um fucking body worship or some shit as he's singing Versace on the floor to her off key for a solid four minutes. Dude, I can't watch those. It makes me cringe, it's bro. So bad it's a I vietnamese dude it's like bro I, I don't i don't remember the last time i heard a fucking dope vietnamese r&b artist so it's it's not a, it's a tonal language yeah remember that swedish dude i showed you uh, yes when you look at me yeah <laughs> dog it was so bad but dude. some people just don't know man like these american 90 people yeah they're some of them are real human beings like they they legit think that they're the shit yeah like william hung william hung thought he was dope but did he though i oh, think he did he did i think he, he's a little <sighs> odd yeah i mean I don't know. Like, at some point, you, uh, you've got to know that you're not quite 
Dude, that guy, he did it. He performed at his fucking wedding. He didn't know, Z. He didn't fucking know. <laughs> Bro, I need to watch this shit, If dude. I showed it to you, dude, yeah. you would you would rip this mic and fucking stab your eye with it. It's oh, so bad. Man. It's terrible. People don't have that self-awareness. We think people do. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I have a certain... I think I have a self-awareness of what I'm good and bad at. You yeah. Know? I mean, at least enough to know to be able to identify good from bad or whatever exactly like right? even when it comes to something like kickboxing right there's yeah. people who come in and they, they think that they're the shit yeah and they come in and they get their fucking ass whooped <laughs> and it's like how did you talk all the shit yeah and then you're still kidding you're fucked up it's because they don't have self-awareness the people believe in their own bullshit man it's sad man so interesting dude so what how did the uh wife react oh she was sitting there just smiling really awkwardly <laughs> Just like, oh, okay. She was like, what is this? Dude, if I was her, I'd be pissed. I was like, you ruined my wedding. <laughs> you should have told me this before yeah. I got married. <laughs> she should have divorced him on the spot. Oh, man. She got married that day and divorced like, him that day. Draft me the papers. Exactly. Damn. Fuck that guy, dude. Fuck, that's so crazy, odd, dude. man. It's yeah, just weird man. watching that happen when people don't have that amount of self-awareness. Yeah, dude. I mean, you. yeah. I mean, I, I think I maybe I'm just taking it for granted, like in terms of giving people the benefit of the doubt, but- you know, you would think like it's not that hard. I mean, yeah, maybe not get, again, the full picture of where you're at, but at least a semblance of like, hey, maybe I can be better. Yeah. You know? That's not going to happen for some people, man. <laughs> oh, man. Shit. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, this wraps this episode yeah, of the yeah. Genius Brain Podcast. We learned a lot about this full CIA agent father. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever, man. Whatever that yeah. shit is. More, more to come on that. I'm sure yeah. we'll, we'll have to dive into that more. In but Z, future. where can they find you? Oh, just online, you know, Dave's music, wherever, Instagram, <laughs> Z Woods. Yeah, you can see him everywhere, man. Well, you guys, you know, we uh, upload every Thursday and Sundays, Random Ass Podcast. Love you, sons of bitches, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace, Peace. out.